رمضان الرحمة وافانا فضاءت الدنيا ألوانا مولانا فيه وفقنا زدنا يا ربي إيمانا يا صائم خذ بالأخلاق إشراقا فوق الإشراق واشرق إن أعطاك الزاقي كاسا بالفرحة ملآنا يا صائم خذ بالأخلاق إشراقا فوق الإشراق واشرق إن أعطاك الزاقي بسم الله والحمد لله وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد رسول الله Good afternoon to all of you wonderful listeners of Tom FM Nadia here whether you're listening in via 92.1 FM via live stream on the tomfm.org website or the Tom FM application which can be downloaded onto any iOS and Android device I welcome you to the first episode of Keeping Up with Ramadan I'm incredibly delighted to accompany you throughout this blessed season of Ramadan, bringing all new and exciting segments delivered to your ear every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday throughout the holy month. رمضان يا خير الشهور رمضان يا نورا بنور رمضان يا خير الشهور رمضان يا نورا بنور أسعدتنا وأتيتنا والكل رحب في سرور أسعدتنا رحب في سرور رمضان يا خير الشهور رمضان يا نورا بنور Once again, I take this opportunity to extend my best wishes to the Australian Muslim community and the Muslim community in all parts of the world on the advent of the holiest month of the year, Shahar Ramadan Al-Mubarak for the year 2014 This is indeed the month in which Allah the Almighty opens his doors of mercy, forgiveness and blessings upon Muslims. (laughs) 
May Allah bestow upon us the blessings of this glorious month and grant us the acceptance and mercy of Allah. بكل الحالات نرجو من المولى غفران الزلات ادفع زكاتك مسرورا ساعد مسكينا وفقيرا you are tuned in to the first episode of Keeping Up with Ramadan and it really excites me to have the opportunity to joyfully accompany you on this first episode, the first episode of this new Ramadan series that I'll be hosting, Keeping Up with Ramadan. Today I'll be kick-starting the series with a discussion on home organising and decluttering, particularly in the kitchen space, which sees more activity during this month than any other time of the year. Of course, more often than not, the focus on food preparations takes up most of our time and the purpose of this blessed month tends to get overshadowed. But in order to minimise our time spent in the kitchen this Ramadan, we need to organise it properly. An unorganized kitchen, as we know, can contribute to excessive food wastage and can potentially make the cooking experience a lot more tedious, time-consuming and stressful. Well, stress no more because organizing and decluttering specialist Sarah Druby from The Organized Space will walk you through how to keep your fridge and pantry in tip-top shape. Join us today for an inc- exclusive chat about home organizing and decluttering for a better and more efficient Ramadan for you and your family. Ramadan They say an organized space is an organized head. That is, decluttering your physical environments is a really positive way to clear your headspace, allowing you to think more clearly, be more productive and less stressed, leading to peace of mind. In essence, decreasing clutter and reorganizing your environments means you'll be able to find whatever you need at any given time. 
How important is that during the holy month of fasting, a period in which you spend a great deal of time in the kitchen cooking and preparing iftar? Well, if it's messy and unorganized, this can spell disaster for you. It can affect your ability to focus on the things that truly matter, like your acts of worship. So how can we minimize time in the kitchen in order to maximize the worship time during Ramadan? It all starts with having a tidy and organized fridge and pantry. To give us all the tips we need, it delights me to welcome organizing and decluttering specialist Sarah Druby, who runs a home and decluttering service. She's here to share her ultimate organizing tips to help make us more efficient in the kitchen during the holy month of Ramadan. Sarah, assalamu alaikum to you. I'm really glad you can join Join us in the Tum FM studio and Ramadan Mubarak. Alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share all of my tips with your audience. Sarah, I'm really intrigued by what you do and how you've managed to transform the homes of so many people through your passion for organizing and decluttering. So tell us briefly about yourself and how the idea of the organized space came about. Well, it all started probably, I'd say, about seven years ago when we moved into our new home. You know, you've got a new home, you want to set it up properly, make everything look nice. Um, So back then, I got a lot of my inspiration from organizing pages on Instagram, but mainly in America. So it wasn't very popular here in Australia. It wasn't a thing just yet. Um, So a lot of my inspiration came from them. And I would just watch videos and try to apply it to my home. And in the process, I would kind of show my family and my friends, oh, look what I've done. This is what I'm doing. And they would constantly come back with like really positive feedback, like, oh, wow, this looks amazing. How did you do this? And then over time, I just kind of became that person to them where if they wanted to store something wanted to prep something up, Sarah, where do I store this? Yeah. How do I store this? So, And that's it just, how it normally starts. It yeah. starts within the family. Yeah. It starts within the household. Definitely. And then you start to build on that and you start to get the momentum and encouragement to pretty much start up a business. Yeah, and so that's what it was. I saw the advantages, the physical and mental effects that it had on me and my family and I just was like, you know what? I want to start a page and I want to share that. A lot of people don't realize the effects of a cluttered space and a disorganized kitchen or a disorganized environment and how much negative effects it has on your mental state. 100%. A lot of people don't take much consideration into the fact that a cluttered house is a house that causes a lot of mental anguish, a lot of stress and anxiety comes with that. So which is why I pointed out before that an organized space is an organized head. You know, you're able to focus on the things that matter in your life. Now, I'm sure a lot of people would often wonder and ask you, have you always been an organized person? Have you always found peace and satisfaction from keeping a tidy home? Uh, Organized, Let's be honest. (laughs) Organized, definitely no. I've always been the type of person that I like tidy spaces. Mm. So I never really, I've never liked clutter. So even growing up, my dressing tables as, you know, in my teens, it needed to be clear and stuff like that. But so you were known to be tidy. Yes, but um, never organized. organized. And my friends could, I'm sure they'd be shaking their heads right now because the amount of times I lost stuff at school. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually very dysfunctional. I can imagine. I can imagine. But you know what? Honestly, it 
caused mm. a lot of stress for me because it was all about just constantly looking for things and it was exhausting always having to try to remember where you put things and mm. I think that you know just it multiplied when you have kids 100% because even then you've got extra hands and extra people to look after it exactly. just makes things a lot more complicated exactly so because you realize the true impacts of having an untidy and cluttered house you realize the importance of introducing that into your life incorporating that uh, as part of your daily routine because when you have an organized home it's less time consuming you can focus again on the yeah. things that matter you've got this mental capacity yeah. to deal with yeah. your house yeah. but when everything's all over the place you're everywhere basically yeah. and you act as role models for your children you know these these are habits you want to teach them while they're young so even with my kids when they're studying like when they're doing their homework I always tell them, you know, a tidy desk is a tidy mind, even though they're five and they're eight. But these are mm. habits that they will take into adulthood and stuff that they'll be able to implement and apply to themselves later on. So That's it's all right. about building those positive habits. And even when it comes to decluttering, teaching them to let go of things that they don't need That's is right. a very, very important skill to have. And it's something that I think... A lot of us lack. Exactly. And with that comes the idea that we shouldn't purchase things that we don't need. Yeah. A lot of the times we purchase things that we merely want. Yeah. And that causes a lot of problems for the household yeah. in that it becomes too cramped up, too congested. You don't know what you have. You don't know what you don't have. Yeah. So, And you're surrounded by a whole heap of things that bring absolutely no value into your life. Exactly, exactly. So you need to teach your children yeah. from a young age and build on those habits because habits can be taught and acquired from a young age. Yeah. It's hard to change habits later on in adulthood. Definitely. And Definitely. for you, probably the moments that you realized, okay, I need to start being an organized person is that happened during your adulthood because yeah. you mentioned that. And it was hard at the beginning because it was me constantly trying to break a lot of bad habits. And then that's where the discipline part comes in, where you need to be disciplined and say, no, I don't need this or mm. I won't buy this. And to get mm. to that point requires a lot of work, mental work. So if you could teach your children that while they're young, it's something they'll really appreciate when they're older. You mentioned something about children. You said children can be taught, but adults have to be disciplined. Yes, yes. So tell us about the difference between children and adults and so, in what way would we have to discipline adults? Okay, so when it comes to adults, it's the change has to come from us. You know, when, you're, when you go shopping and you see something on sale – you know, you don't it's you have to be disciplined in the sense where you don't go and impulsively just buy mm. it because you it's need a to good fight price. your yes. desire. Yes. Yep. So this is where the discipline parts part comes in where you're like, you know what, I actually don't need this. Mm. It will bring no value to my life or to the lives of those that live with me. I am not going to buy it. So that's essentially what you need to keep telling yourself. Always. You need to actually and talk to yourself. Yes. And Always. remind yourself. And it will be hard to walk away the first few times, but you will get better mm. at it. And having a organized home will make that easier because then you think, do I have space for this at home? 
Mm. Is it something that's going to add value to our lifestyle? Whereas children, when they grow up in a minimalistic environment and mm. not seeing their parents constantly purchase, it's something that isn't doesn't become normal to them. That's exactly right. That's you know? exactly right. So this right. is where those habits come in. Like, oh no, I shouldn't. Like, I don't see mm. my parents constantly buying things. So. Yeah, I shouldn't constantly buy things. That's right. And it makes sense what you're saying because this is something that I grew up living by. I lived by that motto that if I don't need something, I am not going to yeah. buy it. And and that's because my mother reinforced those habits and she taught us if there is something that we don't need in the house, we shouldn't buy it. Yeah, and it's especially hard in this day and age because society constantly bombards us with advertisements mm. wherever we go. Even scrolling through social media, oh. the amount of ads that pop up. Exactly. So you really need to have that discipline. But once you get there, it's actually very liberating. It it's is. Like, you know what? I can actually stand up and say, no, I don't need this. So it's very not rewarding. Going to influence me to buy it because I'm stronger than that and I am in control of me. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So because at the end rewarding. of the day, those marketing companies just want to influence you to buy things yeah. unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they want to profit from you, they want to take advantage of you. Yeah. So you need to really know where to draw the yeah. line and, as you said, discipline yourself, train yourself to say no. Yes. And remind ourselves that. There are people in many parts of the world that are underprivileged and don't have access to the basic necessities. And that's a message that we learn during Definitely. the holy month of Ramadan. Um, we should really humble ourselves and remind ourselves of the greater purpose in yeah. life. And be mindful of what we're spending our money and our time on. Exactly. Unnecessarily. Now, what's the most surprising thing that you've discovered about running an organizing business? Now, you mentioned initially that this was something that wasn't really prominent in Australia, but very prominent in America. So once you started running this business, what surprising things did you find about you know, people's homes, the way people lived, structure of their homes. Tell us about so, that. So, uh, honestly, I think it would be, you know, how easily influenced people are to buy unnecessary items because a lot of my clients, nine out of ten times when we, when I would go to my client's house and we would start organising was the the one problem we faced was they had too much stuff for their space. So how would you sort of encourage them to get rid of things that they don't need? Because you're a decluttering specialist. You help people declutter. But how would you encourage them or, you know? So I'd ask them, you Mm. know, how often do you use this specific item? So each individual item you would ask them. Wow, It is a process. Bit of a lengthy process. It is a lengthy process, both physically and mentally. Yep. Uh, So I would ask them, you know, how often do you use this? Does it bring value into your life? Actually, first and foremost, does it work? Mm. Is it broken? Does it work? If it's broken, then we're getting rid of it. If it's working, okay, well, when's the last time you used it? That's a good question. And if you use it, does it bring value to, Mm. to you? Does it bring value to those around you? And if you answer yes to those questions, then by all means, we'll find a space for it. Mm. If you're hesitant and you don't know, then I will... Depending on my client, I'd probably put it in, in a maybe pile. 
And mm. we'll say we can revisit this later because usually... And assess the situation. Yes, because usually towards the end of the session, there's, they're much more confident to let go. Mm. So when we revisit that maybe pile, they're a lot more confident to say, you know what, I actually don't need this. Let's give it away. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think um, that's really important to do with your clothes. I mean, we have so many clothes. Oh, yeah. But among the questions that we should ask ourselves is when was the last time I actually wore this yeah. outfit? And many times when I actually organize my wardrobe, I'd say, okay, I might I might be wearing this. I haven't put it on myself for over a year. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm going to wear this. And then that year passes and I don't wear it. Yeah. So would you yeah. say it's better to actually let it go? So with ones that you I, I would always recommend that they go in another room and try them on mm. because a lot of the times that will just give them a, a yes or no. <laughs> Immediately. Okay, like, actually, no, I don't want this anymore, <laughs> so they'll let it go. Um, if not, then a lot of the times what we do is when we're hanging the clothes, um, I will hang the ones that they're not sure of the other way around. So have instead of the hook facing towards the wardrobe wall, the hook oh. is facing towards us. And in, what does that do? In six months' time, if you find that hook ah, yep, yep, facing yep. the same way, you know you have not touched this in six months' time. Wow. So that's like it jumps out that's at you. That's a good way. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the times that's what we do because then you mm. will forget about it. So if you've got the hooks facing the other way around, mm. you could six months' time, even a year's time, if you're going through your wardrobe, oh, okay, that hook it's is still, still facing that way. Yeah. That means I haven't even reached for it in wow. a year. Wow. Wow. So we can say goodbye. That's a very good yeah. way. To so determine whether... Tip. Yeah, that's a good tip to determine if you're unsure if you want something mm. or not. Because it's very hard to let go of something because is, you don't know what situation might pop up where you yeah. might say, okay, I need this. Like, yeah. let's say, for example, a formal occasion. Yeah. You know, it's not every day you have an engagement yeah. to attend well, or a wedding. Maybe I need these yeah. shoes. Maybe I need this outfit. I mean, it's okay to keep stuff. Yeah. But you also have to be mindful of the amount of space you have. Mm, mm, that's right, exactly. Now, Sarah, we've invited you here specifically to steer us in the right direction in terms of the structure of our kitchen. And the reason why is because we spend a great deal of time in the kitchen during the holy month of Ramadan. So today I'd like to particularly bring focus to our fridges. Yeah. And it can easily become an overlooked and cluttered mess. And it also tends to get pretty cramped up uh, during the month of Ramadan with all the cooking that we have to do. So why is it so important to have an organized fridge, particularly during the month of Ramadan? So... Obviously, with organizing, you know, one of the biggest results is that you're wasting less. And especially during the month of Ramadan, you don't want to be wasting food. You don't want to be throwing mm. things out, forgetting about food that's spoiled in the fridge yeah. and then having to get rid of it. So my biggest tip, especially in Ramadan, is to meal plan. Mm. Know what you're going to cook ahead of time so that you could go out and shop just for those items. You know, we don't need three to four weeks supply of tomatoes in the fridge, mm. you know, just for that week. And then once that week turns over, you do the same thing and then you shop for the week. So week ahead. by week. Week by week, I think, because our fridges really don't, if they're starting to look cramped mm. and, you know, uh, overfilled, it means there's just too much stuff in them. At the That's end right. of the day, they're not a storage space. They're just exactly. there to keep your fruit and veggies fresh and that's, right. and that's that. So just 
shop for what you need for that week and you won't have to deal with that problem. So you get only a couple much. of tomatoes. Now, yeah. within a Middle Eastern household, it's yeah. very common um, for people to bulk buy yeah. because they don't know what moment they're going to need yeah. such and such tomatoes. You know, Out of the blue, someone can say, I'm going to iftar at your house today. Yeah. They don't want to go out of the house yeah. every Look, every I mean, day. you can also, with, with veggies and stuff like that, you can split them into two. So you mm. can have a basket on the bench that has some tomatoes okay. and stuff like that there. Mm. The ones in the fridge will last longer. Mm. So you could always use up the ones on the bench first yeah. and then go for the ones on the fridge. Like yeah. Where I'm in a big household as well. Mm. I've got lots of siblings. So my mum is constantly having to prep exactly. for all of us and stuff like that and that's one tip is store some on the bench and you can store some in your fridge. But they don't all have to always be yep, in yep. the same place and just causing havoc. Exactly, exactly. We mentioned that it's very common during the holy month of Ramadan to have a fridge that is extremely overloaded with food to the extent that you can't even close the door sometimes. But it's typically hard to have an organized fridge if you have a small space. So what tips can you share for those who don't have a lot of storage space, who have a very small fridge to work with? Many people only have one fridge. Yeah. And when you have one fridge, it can spell disaster for yeah. you. How would you maximize the storage space? So I think with having a small fridge, it's really important to use all parts of the fridge really well. And a lot of times people neglect, you know, mm. uh, storage on the doors, for example. You know, you'd be surprised how much little items the doors can actually collect, like mm. sauces and all of those random yep. bits and pieces Having them stored on the door is a great way of freeing up space Mm. on the main. And then also just categorizing your fridge into specific sections. So, Mm. for example, you could have, let's say, the top fridge for all of your breakfasts and your snacks. And the the middle part could be for all of your grab and goes like yogurts or extra fruit um, that you would just eat. Mm here and there and then the Mm. bottoms would be for all of your meals like your Mm. veggies and things that you need to cook with yeah yeah that makes sense and we mentioned that there's the compartment on the side of the fridge that a lot of people don't really utilize do you think that's the most underutilized section of the fridge a lot of people they store their milk on the side of the fridge and it's actually encouraged that people don't do that because it can spoil quickly because it's the warmest part of the fridge Mm. What would you recommend we store on the side of the fridge? Just sauces and the condiments, things that can last yeah. a bit longer. I mean, with in terms of storing milk, if you have a small fridge, that's really your only option. Mm, mm. And milk and drinks do take up a really large part of mm. the fridge. So if you do have a small fridge, then that is something that you will have to store on the door because you have to just kind of I know, I know. weigh mm. up, okay, how much space is it taking up? Especially you know? with, you know, the three-litre milk. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, it's, yeah. It can't fit anywhere no, else. And you don't want to put it laying down on the side yeah. because most likely it's going to ca- cause... Yeah, it's going to spill. Yeah. You want to avoid that. But I think the key here is to aim for a fridge that isn't overloaded yes. because a lot of people don't realise that Having an overloaded fridge, there are repercussions to that. It can lead to forgotten foods, blocked air vents, impeded airflow, reduced energy efficiency. Yeah. So 
The key here is not to overload it with as many things as you can. I know there are some people who, if they find a space in the fridge that's empty, they want to fill it up. (laughs) And the thing is, it's it's possible not to. I mean, I have three kids, so we're a household of five. I cook every single day Mm. and I don't need to have my fridge, you know, I I could have my fridge prepped and organised for the week ahead and it just... saves you so much time it does it does 100 percent. now i've noticed many people have been using plastic drawers to keep their condiments and smaller items together is that something you'd recommend um in the fridge in the fridge yeah yeah yeah, in the fridge anything that could help you categorize Mm. and contain Mm. will bring efficiency to your fridge so if if you're gonna have a a little plastic drawer let's say for example that's going to store all of your cheeses together Mm. that is it's something good because then instead of having them scattered all around the fridge, if you want to use up cheese, you can just pull out that drawer onto the bench, mm. pull out what you need. Exactly. You can, you've got everything in front of you. Everything is visible. Everything is accessible. Yep. Pull out what you need mm. and then pop that back in the fridge when mm. you're done with it. So it's totally worth, I guess, investing in some clear and stackable yep. um, containers yep. or drawers to help your fridge super organised. I mean, one thing that, that can benefit people with is that – you always make sure that that product is going to go in its designated yes, spot. So yes. each thing in that fridge has a designated yes, spot. Yeah. And you're going to almost be certain that whoever uses that product is going to put it back yes. where it belongs. So it can help us stay on top of it. Now, we mentioned fruits and veggies. According to many studies, they are said to be among the top products wasted by households. And part of the challenge is that each product has its own individual needs when it comes to keeping fresh. Um, And they're typically among those things that can spoil really quickly and become lost in the bottom of our fridge. And that leads to unnecessary food wastage. So what would you recommend to use to help our fruits and veggies stay fresher for longer? Should they be kept in their original package? Is there a particular container that we can purchase that helps keep veggies and fruits fresher? What would you recommend? Okay, so the first thing I'd recommend is actually just buying the fruits and veggies that you know you'll use that week, you know. So don't go out and buy just random stuff. Sometimes we might purchase, let's say, zucchinis. Zucchinis. You're not going to use it every day. It's not like tomatoes and cucumbers, but you might buy it and say, okay, I might be using it this week. I'm just going to get it in case. Yeah. So that's where the meal plan comes in. Mm. That's why, you know, okay, I'm going, if I'm going to buy the zucchini, I'll use it in this meal. Mm. So that's where meal planning actually is a massive factor. So before you do your grocery shopping, you need to meal prep. Yeah, meal plan. Just have an idea of what you want to cook. Mm. You know, like eggplant, for example. Mm. You know, you buy it. Make sure you're using it within that week That's so right. it doesn't spoil. Because, But also make sure you have the ingredients that you need. That you have. Everything yeah. else. So yeah. not just, okay, zucchini or whatever. You need to make sure that you have the other ingredients yeah, for that so recipe. It, it actually saves you a lot of stress. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing for oh, us yeah. is starting to cook and then realizing you have two or three ingredients missing. That's right. So that's where the meal planning comes in. It just really eliminates mm. that factor of food wastage because at the end of the day, no matter what container you use, mm. all fruits and veggies do have mm. some type of you know fresh shelf life where they will begin to spoil exactly you know even if you're so i would recommend glass containers Mm. i use glass airtight containers 
I prefer clear over anything else because you can just see, see what it. you have. That's you know, right. I'm a very visual person. Mm. I like to see what I have in my fridge. I like to, when I open my fridge doors, I can see all of the produce that I have because mm. then I'm more likely to actually reach for it, mm. even if it's for a snack, you know, as opposed to like a bag of lettuce, yeah. I mean, a bag of carrots yeah. in the drawer. How many times would you actually say, you know what, I'm going to grab some carrot sticks and snack on them? But if exactly. they're already prepped in a container, it's you're easily much more accessible. likely to actually mm. grab them and snack on them as opposed mm. to something else. But there are some veggies that if you cut up, um, they don't really last yeah. long. But that's where airtight containers come into yes. play. So it's, and it's all about trial and error, you mm. know. Like mm. you, it's It's not easy at the beginning, but you trial it and... Mm. then you're like, okay, no, this didn't work. This time I'm not going to do it. Like I know for a fact strawberries. Oh, they don't last. Yeah, but you need to wash them really quickly. They ah. need to be quick. Do not soak strawberries because once you start soaking them. Some people them, add vinegar. Yeah. I In their sink as well. Yeah. I Look, yeah. strawberries, I just give them a really quick rinse. Mm. I make sure they're super dry. They have to and, be dry. Yes. So you can't store them while they're wet. No, they will not last an oh, hour. Oh, okay. So super dry. I get a paper towel, I line it at the bottom of my container mm-hmm. and do not cut them up. I leave them as whole mm. and then I pop them in the fridge and they will last me a good week. That's excellent. Yeah, so I mean, it's and, and they're good to go. So they're washed, prepped, ready to eat. Even though they're not cut up, they're very easy to cut yeah. up, as they say. Yeah. You know, you I, yeah, don't cut them up. Just cut off the stalks, mm, mm, but mm, everything else, just leave them What whole. about things like your herbs, your parsley? Your coriander, things like that, they wilt and yeah. they don't last very yeah. long in the fridge. Yeah, they don't at all. So parsley is actually probably the best one that will last the best mm. if it's in a jar or anything like that. Yeah, but spring all onion. herbs, yeah. all herbs, just a wet towel, wet, wet towel. paper towel, wrap them and then store them okay. in there. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Coriander, I just tend to chop up and I'll freeze put it in the freezer. Oh, yeah. you need that for a lot of the yeah, Lebanese the dishes, time, yeah. a lot of tabak. And it actually the, uh, coriander, does the job. Yeah. And mint doesn't really last too long in the fridge either. That's true. So this is, again, where meal prepping comes into hand. Exactly. When you purchase a lot from, let's say, a Lebanese grocery store. Yeah, they come in bulk. They come in bulk. So you're not going to use a lot. So that's where I would personally recommend for someone to have their own veggie patch, their own herb garden. That makes a big difference because you only pick what you need. And you're not constantly buying and wasting. You're just using Mm. as you need. I started up my mint one. Honestly, like I've got a black thumb. That's excellent. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm terrible. Yeah. But my mint. Survived, survived somehow. Well, that means you've, there's some hope for you. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, I'm horrible I too. I'm horrible too. It's horrible. I can't keep up with my kids, let alone plans. That's <laughs> what I say. I say if it's not making noise, I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> no, it's true. Like you know, it, it's very hard to keep up with your own family yeah. and your own children. Wow. Honestly, um, having a little herb. Oh, that makes a big it's, difference. It's saves you money, saves you time. You're only picking what you need. And you're not just throwing. Oh, we feel terrible when it, we throw things that's away. That's a problem. You know? That's a problem. So and you can't use. Spring onion yeah. is so easy. When you use it, just mm. literally as is, pop in a cup Okay. and on your windowsill. And it will continue to grow. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. It will continue to grow. It doesn't need soil. It doesn't need anything. Just a bo- cup of water. Wow. That's a very good yeah. tip. Now, in terms of labeling things in your fridge, is it important to do that? 
Is uh, it necessary to do it? Not a lot of people do that. They think, okay. I think it's more important to categorize things in your fridge than it is to label. label. Just have certain parts of the fridge for for certain items. But mm. labeling, I would focus more on the pantry okay. than I would on the fridge because mm. it it helps everyone in the household for, find what they're looking for and to put back. Mm. And it also allows you to realize what you're running low on. Exactly, exactly. Now let's talk briefly about the freezer. Uh, we know it's largely used for longer term storage, so it's crucial to also keep it orderly. Um, do you have any tips on how to make more room in a crowded freezer? Because freezers tend to be very small, yeah. much smaller than a fridge, yeah. understandably. Yeah. But a lot of people, especially within the month of Ramadan or even prior to yeah. the advent of the holy month, they like to prep a lot of food. Yeah. But if they don't have a lot of storage space in the freezer, you know, what can they do? How can they store things properly? So with the freezer, I would also break it down into two. So one of them I would, with, with mm. my freezer, I have one with all of my frozen veggies, because I have two drawers in my freezer. Mm. The top one is all of my meats and my cooking foods. And then the bottom one is all of my frozen veggies and stuff like that. And I actually mm. tend to store mine vertically. Okay. So like upwards. So when I'm prepping my meat, I put them in bags and then I Stack flatten them, them out. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. they're flatter. They're not, you know, stored in a ball. Exactly. Do some look, people do that? Well, They'll take up more space. Yeah, 100%. B, they won't defrost it. Exactly. So you need to flatten it. Yeah, so we flatten it. In Ziploc bags or freezer bags? You can use Ziploc bags. You can use freezer bags. It really just, Mm. it's up to you and your preference. Mm. Fabulous. Fabulous. Just also categorizing. It's so important to section your thing and just, and Mm. that's where we have our limits, you know? Okay, well, my Mm. veggie drawer is full. I'm not going to be buying exactly. more frozen veggies exactly. until I have space to add more. And they tend to last a very long time. Oh, ages. So one bag of veggies, frozen veggies, yeah. can last you like three, four yeah. meals. So yeah. you don't so, necessarily have to That's what stock it is. Up. You just need to put limits on your spaces. Mm. So what would you recommend for keeping track of what's in the fridge and freezer? Would you recommend writing a list of contents and stick it on the fridge door uh, to make your planning and grocery shopping a lot easier? So what I would do is before I actually write out my next week's meal plan and then Mm. have my grocery list written out for that, I will shop in my fridge and freezer first. Oh, okay. That's a good way to put it, shop in my fridge and freezer. So always shop in your fridge, freezer and pantry. Look at what you have. Mm. Can I make any meals with what I already have? Mm. And then write those down as first. If you're even missing one ingredient, I think you don't need to make that shopping trip just for one yeah. ingredient unless yeah. it's essential. Improvise. Like, yeah. for example, pasta. You can't make pasta without the actual pasta. Yeah. So if there are certain ingredients that you can live without, like you, a dish might need parsley, for example. Yeah. Can it be replaced with coriander, for example? A lot of people, you know, they want to make a dish. They want to make sure each and every ingredient is at home. They do their shopping trip and then they come back with hundreds of dollars spending. So, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Exactly. And how many times are you going to reach for that item again? Exactly. Especially if the family didn't like it. 100%. They didn't like the meal, then you're just stuck there with that. So I always suggest to Mm. shop in your fridge, freezer and pantry first. See what you have, make sure you're using that all up Mm. and then you go out and list things that you need to add to that. 
And again, when you're organized, when your fridge is organized, it's much easier to know what you have in the fridge and freezer, especially the freezer. You know, it can be so cramped up. Things are on top of each other. It gets heavy as well, like with the frozen goods. So always use up. Exactly. So make sure they're stacked properly so that, you know, you're able to see, okay, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this amount. Three bags of peas and let's make bazella. Exactly, bazella, hundred <laughs> percent. Or you can make, you know, steak with peas, yeah, for example. Yeah. You know, so it's all about using what we have first. Exactly, that makes sense. Now, quickly, in terms of our pantry, a lot of the spices and herbs we use are stored within our pantry, and so if it isn't organized properly, it can contribute to a lengthy cooking process because you're sitting there looking for the ingredients that you need. So, what do you recommend? for someone who has you know 20 30 different types of herbs do you recommend using something they call lazy susan and for those who don't know what is a lazy susan okay so a lazy susan is pretty much like a plastic plate that turns around okay and it just gives you access to all parts of whatever Mm. is stored in it Mm. i personally love them they're one of my favorite products because they just hold so much in them yeah but yeah. also make everything so accessible yeah it is my absolute favorite for spices especially if you have a small pantry because you could put them all in that a you can just pull it out of your pantry and have it on the side of your stove when mm, you're cooking that's true use what you need pop it back in same goes for a basket b lazy susan's actually makes things easier to store above your head. So for example, mm. if you're storing them on top of your oven, for example, or your stove, you can just browse through it, just tw- turn it around until you get to the spice that you want, pull it out, use it and pop it back mm. in. Such so a great time-saving technique, is, yeah. especially in the kitchen. One dish might need Different four, five, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, pull it out and mm. have either the Lazy Susan or the basket near you. Okay. Use what you need. That way you're popping them straight back in the basket and then they go back into the pantry. Fantastic. So what other recommendations do you have for the pantry? Any other savvy tips, things that might help us during the month? Um Making sure everything is accessible is my mm. number How one. How would you make sure that things are accessible? Baskets? Have, uh, baskets. Yep. Um, f- food storage containers. So any kind of clear containers that you can store all of your dried goods in mm. just so that you could see what you have. You know, is the my three questions is, is it visible? Is it accessible? And is it easy to put back? You know, you tick those three boxes, and I promise the third you, one is probably <laughs> if it's not the easy, hardest, yeah, and that's one right. to maintain because, yeah. you know, obviously you've got a lot of pantry space, you've got a lot of storage space, but the problem is when you store things at the back, that's it. You're not going to see them for another yeah. year, and they expire, yeah. and that's the problem. We yeah. want to minimize as much yes. as we can, you know, food wastage. Yes. So dried foods in containers and the back containers you could always elevate them by using a little step just Mm. so that they're a bit higher than the forward one so that you could see them and any loose items like canned foods jars spices or miscellaneous stuff in baskets contained in a basket categorized and labeled Fantastic. Normally when you leave things in their original packaging and you open them up, most likely they're going to get ruined, especially with cereals. You know, cereals, a lot of people... They open the packaging incorrectly and that leads to, you know, inability to actually close it up 
properly and what happens is they become stale and then that's it you know you can't use it anymore so that's why you've got those airtight containers and there are designated containers for cereals yeah and also i think with cereals a lot of us just purchase more than what we need yeah you know different types of cereals so many like honestly i think I have my max of cereals is three. Mm. My kids, I think having to choose between three different types is a luxury to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, we can, my pa- I know my pantry can only fit three cereals, so I will only buy three different types of cereals. And that's a lot that's, as well. Yeah, mm. and that's where understanding how much space you have and being disciplined to stay within that space mm makes a plays a huge role on exactly keeping it organized because once we start overbuying, mm. we start overfilling and once you start overfilling the chaos starts spilling that's that's so, exactly right that's exactly right and the problem is every time you do your grocery shopping you're bombarded with you know specials and it becomes very appetizing yeah. especially when you're fasting yeah you know, oh, you start to yeah. crave certain yeah. foods, you know, when you're browsing through the supermarket, when I you're hungry. Went, as yeah. soon as we do a pantry with my client, the first thing I tell them is you need to stop browsing. Yes. Do not browse through those aisles because I promise you, you will pick up at least 20 items that you will never use. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be chocolate and chips. No, just... It could be even like tea or coffee or like biscuits or even like which is good fruits and veggies but you know like when you're hungry you're going to want to put everything in your basket honestly my biggest advice is go shopping with a list Mm. know what you want to buy know what your be strict like focus on that list only know what your home needs know what you're going to use and just focus on that so go in with a goal mm. with a list and stick to that list. But are there certain things that we should bulk buy? Like it's okay to bulk buy? Well, that depends on you and your mm. family and if you have the space for it. Mm. I mean, if you have a walk-in pantry, you've got that luxury of Because you can walk that. into the yeah. pantry. <laughs> you, got, you have a walk-in yeah. pantry, then you have that luxury of being able to buy yeah. that little bit extra. Yeah, If exactly. you don't, then unfortunately, yeah, you can't. That's it. Well, that's fantastic. Now, before we do wrap up our discussion today, although it was quite lengthy, there's always so much more to talk about. What would your final advice be during the month of Ramadan? So I would say to just be mindful. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, we want to be organized, not just for our homes to look pretty. And of course it will, because in the process of decluttering and organizing, the end result was your, is that you're going to have a very beautiful home. But Ultimately, the goal of being organized is to have more and do less. Mm. So have more time to spend with your family, have more time to do worship acts, have Mm. more time to read Quran, have more time to pray and less time cleaning, less time just, you know, looking for We tend to get so busy during the month of Ramadan and very occupied inside the kitchen, you know, like doing unnecessary things that if we follow the advice and tips that you shared today, we can actually spare a lot of time. So much time. You will honestly find yourself having so much time. We need to make the most of it. So absolutely, instead of spending our time doing just irrelevant things, you're spending that time dedicating it to God. 100%, 100%. Well, Sarah, I'd like to thank you immensely for sharing those wonderful tips with us today, how to keep our fridge and pantry 
tidy and organized and I really really encourage our listeners to follow through with what you mentioned because by adopting those tips it can really make a difference in terms of reducing our wastage you know and makes our menu planning and grocery shopping a lot easier so we're saving time spending less money and having less stress in our life so a lot of people don't realize how much of an amazing feeling and how centered and and well organized a kitchen can make them feel, especially during the holy month of Ramadan. So thank you so much inc- for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. And although we bombarded you with all these questions. Oh, my pleasure. But it was absolutely a joy to hear from you and to hear from your expert advice. Thank you so much, Nadia.
as you bring me peace and feeling free. Ramadan is indeed the greatest month of the year and we thank Allah Azza wa Jal for bestowing upon us the opportunity to witness another blessed Ramadan. I'd like to take this opportunity to once again thank organising and decluttering specialist Sarah Druby from the Organised Space who shared her effective tips and brilliant hacks on how to tidy and organise our fridge and pantry in order to help minimise food wastage, maximise space and keep food fresher for longer. Now, many people who actually own a fridge simply just place the items wherever they fit and they often wouldn't discover those items until they have well passed their expiry date. So take the initiative to organize your fridge. It does make a huge difference to your life. It doesn't just look good, but it can help reduce food wastage and it just makes life that little bit easier by saving you time and a whole heap of stress. Of course, during the month of Ramadan, it's more important than ever to incorporate efficiency into our lives so that we spend less time in the kitchen and more time taking advantage of the opportunities for the acts of worship during this blessed month. Which is why having a planned and organized kitchen is so important because it helps us become more effective in managing our time during the month of Ramadan. And the thing is, we don't want to be spending the bulk of this precious time in the kitchen, trying to remember where we put things. You know, as women, we know how much of a lengthy process cooking can be in Ramadan. There's so much to juggle. So make it easy on yourself. And you don't want Ramadan to pass and you haven't seized the opportunity to make the best out of it. We need to focus on the religious opportunities of the month of Ramadan because this month is a golden opportunity for Muslims. It only comes once a year. This could be our very last Ramadan. So make use of that opportunity. Of course, you have to feed your family at the end of the day, but try to organize your life and your time in a way that gives you the time and capacity to work on your religious obligations. So efficiency and productivity is something that we need to focus on achieving. And it's more important than ever to maintain these qualities in order to spend less time in the kitchen and more time taking advantage of the opportunities for the good deeds. فهنيئا به لا لي 
also, again, we need to take advantage and seize the opportunity for performing the good deeds, especially during the month of Ramadan. And the reason for that is because the rewards are multiplied in the month of Ramadan. But we need to take the advantage to perform the good deeds, whether that be in Ramadan or during other months. The door of opportunity is there. So make the conscious effort to change some of those unwanted habits, things that bring a lot of stress to our life. So bring back structure to your life. You'll be, again, amazed at how centered a well-organized kitchen can make you feel. So go give it a go. As they say in Arabic, see what you have, see what you don't have. Incorporate that structure that we are talking about. Also, if you haven't seen Sarah's Instagram feed, The Organized Space, I do highly recommend you go and check it out. She has some really amazing content uh, that can help and guide you through your organizing and decluttering journey. Ramadan, ونور في مدى الدهر ويحكي رقة النهر ففيه ليلة القدر منير في أماسنا وبل يمحو مآسينا ويسري في مآقينا ومنه رونق الفجر ثمان الصوم قدرا I'd like to particularly thank all our listeners who sent through some of their messages on WhatsApp. I had the sister Rada who sent me a picture of her freezer and boy oh boy does that look very organized and structured. You can actually see everything. The meat is perfectly stacked on top of each other. You've got uh, the shish barak as well. I can see the spring roll pastries on top of each other. You can see how much of a difference it can make to your life. And I'm sure for those listening, we'll be highly encouraged to uh, go give it a crack. Organize your pantry as well as your fridges using the tips and suggestions offered by Sister Sarah today. ففيه بهجة المحيا وفي بركاته نحيا فزان الدار والحيا ومنه نفحة الزهر And that's a wrap for episode one of Keeping Up with Ramadan, broadcasting on 92.1 FM. I do hope you enjoyed the discussion today with the lovely Sarah Druby from The Organized Space. But I don't want to officially end the program without reminding you to say a very, very delightful statement. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Each time a person says this statement, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, a tree will be planted for them in paradise. And it will be planted as many times as this person says this thikr. So seize the opportunity during this blessed time. Make sure that you make as many dhikr as you can and start with this statement. Say this statement today, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, with sincerity to Allah Azza wa Jal. I'd like to remind you that the palm trees in paradise and all of the trees in paradise, they're not like the trees of this world. Every tree in paradise has a trunk made of gold and its beauty and taste is beyond description to us. It's everlasting. It does not get dry. And the person gets the fruit without any effort or toil. And 
what's amazing about it is that this tree would come close to that person, whether he is standing, sitting or laying down. Each time a fruit is taken from part of that tree, the area would go back to the way it was. Ya Allah. So make the effort during the month of Ramadan, every single opportunity that you have, whether you're in the kitchen, whether you're driving in the car, make dhikr. Say, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah. And say this statement that I mentioned today, subhanallah, wa bihamdihi. Every time you say it, a tree will be planted for you in paradise. Ramadan, Shahrun Noor. Ramadan, the month of enlightenment. That is the motto that Muslims are echoing in all parts of the world. Indeed, inshallah, we are enlightened with the blessings of this holy month. May this month bring us an abundance of blessings. May our prayers, fasting and dua be accepted by Allah. May we be rewarded for every good deed that we carry out. Amin. Alhamdulillah, for the blessings of Ramadan, may Allah make us among the forgiven ones, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. Ramadan, 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 Ramad